To probably science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I'm Andy Wood. I'm Jesse Case. Hey, hey, gang. Hey, team. Should we just jump straight into introducing our guest? I Whoa, think okay. That sounds like a good All idea. Right, let's do it. Let's dive I'm, in. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a good mood. I, I've I've had a good day. Holly and I are both triple vaxxed now. Whoa. That's, oh, you're boosted. Yeah, you your booster. We're did boosted. You cross, did, you, did you cross promote? Did you? Uh, I did. Go- I did, and I kept I I kept it pure. Andy. Oh, all Pfizer? All, all Moderna. Oh. Dolly all the way. Mm, you're welcome. I, yep. uh, <laughs> I, I, got, uh, I got my booster and flu shot, same time. Um, Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I sort of did, uh, did a bit of a vaccine speedball situation. Um, and I don't recommend it. Nightmare on both my shoulders. So I just, I just oh, sleep yeah. on. Oh, we've discussed this. This is how you talked about your insane tennis ball pajamas idea for rolling over. Oh yeah, that's right. We did. Okay. Uh, and I, I also forgot that you guys went with the arm for your injection. That's an interesting way. Oh yeah, I just I went I went different, and we can talk about that later. Yeah, no, sure. yeah, that, no, that's fine. Antibodies are antibodies. Get it in there. Yeah. Anyway, our guest today is the fantastic, the hilarious Danielle Perez. Hey, Danielle. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Thanks uh, for joining. Thanks for joining. Also, the li- and the listeners can't see any of this, but that was one of the most pro unmutes. I've ever seen him in my life. Speedy on mute. I was like, is that she going to get I was it wor- No, I was worried. I was like, there's no way this is happening. There's no way she's, she's coming pro. in. She's coming in hot. But oh my God. I came in right on time. Yeah. That was incredible. Where are we uh, Where are we finding you right now, Danielle? I'm in Los Angeles. Um, I'm in Glassell Park. And um, I don't have my ring light on, which what a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, to have to do these with video would just be no thanks. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah. No thanks. It, it is I nice to not have to it. be. It feel, you yeah. know what this feels like? We're on like a party line. You know, you remember <laughs> like in the nineties? Oh yeah, like, yeah. I would call Matt, and then Matt will call Jesse, and then Jesse will call Andy, and we're just like on a party line all together. And then, like, and I'm just with like two other people in a kind of nightclub scenario, but clear in a very well lit house. Yeah, and just like on the phone. Like, yeah. <laughs> And then just, like, just sort of kind of shoulder dancing towards the camera while we chat. That's what my, I'm doing. My dad needs the internet, so so he yells at me to hang up. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Would you guys ever call someone with your modem so they got that insane noise when they picked up? Just as a Wait, prank? Wait, you can do that? Yeah, you know how like- I know it, that if you called someone, you would look, knock them off the internet, and that was like a mean thing you could do to someone. But but I mean like when you would get on the internet, it was like a phone number, you know, uh, of your, oh, you yeah. know, like it would do that insane dial tone thing or whatever when you got on AOL, right? And it would be yeah. like your local AOL number is what you would essentially be calling into with your computer. But you could change that and just call someone's landline, and when the, like from your computer, and when they would pick up, it would just be like the computer noises, like the ear. Right, right. You know, and you could you could hear them in your modem, like "Hello, who is? What's happening? What's going on?" I would I would constantly, yeah. Just the internet's mentioned. calling me again. <laughs> what is this? People that don't know what the internet is are like, "What's a CD-ROM?" Yeah, well, CD-ROMs. You don't get fax numbers that often anymore, where you call a number and you get the fax handshake sound either. 
And and I, I think the fax. the I kids to today are missing something. out. Oh yeah. I was so angry. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Go to a FedEx? Go to a Kinko's? You to you fax? can do it through there are like there are some apps and websites you can do it through. So you don't have to oh. leave the house. There are ways to do it, but it's it's a surprising amount of nuisance. And it's, by the way, I know I looked up apps and it was like, wait, you're going to charge me how much to send a fax to receive crazy. a fax? There are like Sorry, there are a Robert. few online. Yeah, there are a few online that sort of give you like the first ten faxes for free, and you can bounce around them. And the one fax a year that you have to send is probably enough to stay within the free zone. But it takes <laughs> every time I've had to do one, it, it's taken like an hour of it's research a- to rework. Oh yeah, it is. It messed up my whole day. I was trying to figure yeah. out how to fax. Oh, a fax, <laughs> like, a fax will mess up your day for sure. And then there's like a cover letter. You're like, do I have to? Yeah. What's the cover letter? What is the? What's happening? Also, by the way, faxes are a, a surprisingly old technology. I just remember whenever there's been sort of trivia questions about like rank these tech in order of invention, and if fax is if fax machine is on there put it much further back in the list than you think you should. Yeah, it's like before guns. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> it was, it's before electricity. They'd have, like, yeah, water mills that would run faxes. It was crazy. Yeah, it was all done with flags. Um, fa- fax machines date that date back to 1846. What? 1846? I mean, sure it wouldn't be recognizable to us as that, right? Or what did it, what did it look like? Oh my god, in 1942? No. 1942 Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Yeah, that's, he, yeah, he faxed recent. a letter very to recent. Queen Victoria in 1942. It was, yeah, that's the history. It was Queen Victoria, and it was a fax. <laughs> Columbus. And it was and this is all. Run me those spices, bitch. And that's how it went down. Yeah, that's the that problem is exactly- with those, those mnemonics yeah. rely on a rhyme that's only the last number. It's like, yeah, the two, anything is going to rhyme as long as the year ends in two with blue. So (laughs) it's a very bad. All the other dates are kind of important. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I should have I should have introduced Danielle properly at the beginning. She's a a comedian, actor, writer, but also historian. And first and foremost, yeah, yeah, first and foremost, Mm -hmm. a historian turns comedian and, and writer and actor. But I'm a big yeah, fan it, of her story. Get to know it. Learn it. <laughs> <laughs> Study it. <laughs> sure. Sure. And by her, you, you have a slightly definite definition of her story as well, where it's just sort of anything you've decided is history. Basically, just my many history, facts. many facts on Beyonce, Mariah Carey, um, yeah, when Mariah was sailing the ocean blue back in those days. By the way, do you guys know about the origin of that Mariah ocean meme? What now? Wait, what ocean meme? So, you know, the McDonald's um, posted that thing that I didn't understand where Mariah's emerging from the ocean and there's a art, golden arches behind her. And they said, mm-hmm. you know, it's that time of year. McDonald's, I, are they doing a promotion with her? Whatever it is. McDonald's and Mariah mm-hmm. Carey Christmas something. Yeah, they're collabing now. They McDonald's collabs. Mariah said it's not enough for me to have the number one record for the last two months of the year. Not enough. I need to also infiltrate McDonald's and make that part of my brand. (laughs) Yeah, she. she, she, I I can't. I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm not going to Google it right now. But that song has made her an ungodly sum of money over the years. I think it's in the tens of millions. Uh, But so there's a meme that um, 
has gone around for a while. I just saw this guy, this comedian actor, Ben Simon. He played, um, did you guys watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Um, yeah, I've seen some of that. He, his character was the one with the wonky eyelid. Anyway, um, so he tweeted something like he did a, he did a, like a quick Photoshop of Mariah Carey in the ocean five years ago, tweeted this thing at the end of the holiday season. And then he said, like, you know, as is custom now, now that Christmas is over, Mariah will return to the ocean until next year. <laughs> and he didn't realize. So he saw this McDonald's thing and he's like, oh, this reminds me of my tweet. And he realized that that had become this huge Reddit meme and no one had ever credited him. So like this thing has oh. gone around for the last five oh, years no. of Mariah returning to the ocean and Ben Simon, S-I-E-M-O-N, go follow him because corporate America doesn't care about who creates memes. Uh, right. It was his his tweet that he didn't even realize had become part of the cultural canon of, of Christmas and Mariah. Huh. Wow. So I'm going to fax it to my uh, to my fellow friend, some people in the office. Everyone like we've got a bit of a fax a circle. Friend. Yeah. Like whenever I see a funny joke, I'll fax it to to I'll fax it to my buddies. Sure. You know, normally like normally golf jokes or wife jokes. You know, the classic two categories. And uh, you get an alert on your beeper. You're like, oop, gotta yeah. check my fax machine. <laughs> Isn't it weird that there's no Thanksgiving music? Oh like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like Halloween. You have like Monster Mash. That's about it. And then and then straight into like five thousand songs for Christmas. But just a significant lack of Thanksgiving music all around. I bet somebody who doesn't want to like commit to anything religious, although I guess Thanksgiving is commitment of sorts to some cultural stuff. But like, sure. yeah, why wouldn't some artist who's you know twenty years past their prime put out a Thanksgiving album? Just be the first one. Just try it. Oh, you could just dominate. Just own it. Yeah, the Mariah Thanksgiving album. You know, she should do one. Yeah, Eve Six, if you're listening, go make a Thanksgiving album. <laughs> I'm like trying to think. I'm like, who's angsty enough, but old enough to make a, a Thanksgiving album? Because it's got to be about having to go home and fighting with your parents. Right. And then like also fucking some townie from like, uh, you know, because you're in town. But, yeah, Karen Kilgariff has that. <laughs> Karen Kilgariff has uh, Drinking My Way Through Christmas. That was something she put, she put out like five Okay, years ago. then that's the Thanksgiving anthem. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Howard, Kramer, Howard Kramer has a Thanksgiving song. I forgot. It's called I'm Not Spending yeah. $500 to Watch Douchebags Eat Turkey. It's pretty funny. That's Okay, see, so yeah. No, that that's the Thanksgiving messaging. And then there's got to be one. Uh, we could just remix Ariana Grande's Seven Rings. Mm -hmm. um, I want it. I got it. On Black Friday. Is that the one that's kind of like uh, a rehash of Sound of Music, favorite things? Yes. Oh. Mm -hmm. Just start listing People Thanksgiving. People getting trampled sides. for high def TVs. Uh -huh. <laughs> Moms being forced to work their second job on Black Friday Eve. Nice. <laughs> well, that's, that's just Thanksgiving. It's Black Friday Eve. That's what we should start so, calling it. Juicy Couture and... Um, <laughs> Celebrity perfume. These are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. I fumbled the dismount, but you know, it yeah. could no, be a it, was, it was a solid dismount. Um, Danielle, something we always like to ask our guests whenever we have them on is what, if anything, is your background in science? And that could be literally anything. It does not have to be you worked, you know, on a nuclear submarine or something. Uh, it could just be a class you liked. Did you used to blow stuff up as a kid? What what was it? For sure. I own several crystals. Okay. 
All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So, you know, you could call me a big science hat. (laughs) Yeah. Is that her science? It's her science. (laughs) It's the feminine science. (laughs) I mean, I I think the feminine science is something else. The feminine urge to study science is engage with crystals. So what is this feminine urge thing? How did it start? How did it start? For real. I, I don't know. It just like popped up in my Twitter feed and I'm like, oh, I must create. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen everyone this. doing the feminine urge. It's a cash grab thing. for likes. Yeah. 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 But I don't I I would love to see the root of it. I'm sure it's like very cringy. Um, I just want to see the root of it. It's mm. on Know Your Meme. Uh, the feminine like- urge to find the square root. Yeah, <laughs> <see>. <laughs> you can do it for anything. Hmm. I might have sort of went, might have gone viral this spring. It looks like, according to Know Your Meme. Oh, okay. Yeah, I feel like April it's on its way out. Tbh. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be a new one. There always is. There always mm-hmm. is. So apart from crystals, though, anything else stick out in your memory from any science classes growing up you did or didn't like, mm. or? Um, I liked in science class when we like. You ever do those things in science class where you um take a box, cut it halfway, and then put a bunch of foil inside, and then, like, try to cook different foods out and leave it outside with, like, a, the raw food inside. To see about different that? molds that grow, or what? No, are you, are, are you talking about, like, actually turning... Like is this using sunlight to, like, as a fl- yeah. as a reflector? Okay. Oh, yeah. So, like, building a kind of, like, parabolic reflector. You said, like, molds. Yeah, no, like, you're powering, like, you're, you're harnessing the sun's power. With like the reflective surface of like I guess oh, just a big boil. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I've I'm never, glad to know I, Lex Luthor was one of your teachers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you successfully got something hot enough you'd consider it cooked. Doing that. I don't know. Hot dogs, <laughs> which are like already kind of cooked. It's true. So that it's felt like tr- it's a safe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a pop tart. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still got it warm. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it got warm. Yeah, we had some. We had some somewhat warm mixed nuts. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Yeah. No, I don't know. I. I'm like. I don't think my science education was really. Um, um. Thorough. I don't even like remember like dissecting anything. I mean, I maybe we did. Kind of on the way I out. I think we might have done a fetal pig at some point, but uh, yeah. I don't think that was like standard in every. Um, Unlike chemistry was kind of whack. We didn't like make anything explode. Like I never had to make like a diorama. Like I feel like in 90s sitcoms, there was always like a kid, a fourth grader always had to make a diorama yeah. with like a volcano that explodes. Right, and like right. I never had that assignment. <laughs> so... I don't know. Science was like, I know that it's happening. I know that it's affecting my life and like working. I have a cell phone, but this is true. I've never fully. I mean, I joke about crystals, but I was actually pretty into geology as like a kid. And and like, you know, earth sciences and like, I know about ecosystems and like, you know what I mean? It's like we're going on hikes and what kind of foliage and plants and what I- genus is that species? You know, shit like that. So, 
I mean, but that I feel like it's like how like I feel like every like girl like when she's eight wants to be a marine biologist. You know, there there is uh, yeah, it's because it feels good to say. It's like a cool word you get to say. I remember everyone's marine biologist face. You know? Right? Yeah. You're like you learn about the ocean. You're like, oh, it's cool and it's vast and whales and like I don't know. It's just like it feels like a really accessible thing that is kind of complex and deep enough that you feel really radical maybe yeah. being excited about it but it's it's kind of basic Seems like fun. i mean even like like you know i joke about like astrology and stuff but it's like astronomy like you know i feel like a lot of kids had that like they were they wanted a telescope and like they were really into the planets and well if we were on venus we would explode and you know and you t- you know want to tell people mm-hmm. random planet right. facts because you're a precocious nine-year-old and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i think I there, are, there are some yeah there are there are classic kid phases that have come up on the show a lot and i think marine biologist is definitely one of them there's the dinosaur phase the space phase i uh, i and i love it when somebody it, doesn't exit a phase that's that's why it's like i love meeting a ma- <laughs> i love meeting a magician i love it because it's like, oh, man, you you hit that phase. You hit your magic phase that everyone goes through. And then you just <laughs> kept, follow through. kept going your whole life. I love it. That's damn. I mean, is it better to have never left the magician phase or enter into it in middle age? Oh, that's a great question. depends what you, yeah, what do you want out of your life, I guess. <laughs> Is one Maybe an act wrong, of desperation, I... or is one is one just following a lifelong dream? <laughs> That's a great question, though, because I th- maybe there are some late stage, late bloomer magicians, but I I feel like it really is one of those things that you kind of have to you kind of have to latch onto at a young age because of just the muscle Once memory. A mind freak, or always a mind freak. That's right. <laughs> That's thinking... what they say. That is what they Particularly say. Particularly like the. The muscle memory of just doing the like the sleight of hand and stuff like that that feels like something that is much easier to lock into your brain if you start when you're a child yeah it's but, probably a level it's like music you're not going to get to a certain proficiency unless you started at eight probably but I, I right but if i were to take up the guitar now for example i yeah i i could i could probably get to the point if i took up the guitar now that i could not be too much of an asshole at a party in that I'd learn to just not do it at not a party. Not to not bring it to but, a party. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't play Wonderwall at a party. No, I just sing it and, and <laughs> mine. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, but I, I have great but, respect for people that don't get sidetracked from everyone else's childhood phase. So like mar- marine biologists, when I meet one, it's like you, despite everything, you stuck with that. You know, that's incredible. Like... Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely love it. And it's, it's surprising when that happens these days because you'd think that kids have so many distractions. Like I, I would have, if you, if I had to guess 20 years ago, would there be a lot of like teen guitar phenoms right now? I would have get, and I knew what the internet was going to bring. I'd be like, no, everyone's going to be on their phones all the time. But, and they are. But then again, look on like TikTok or Instagram. Oh, there are. Yeah. There's so many like 16 year old virtue. There's still kids who are locking themselves in their bedrooms and learning skills. And just shredding. Yeah. But now they yeah. can somehow access Right. Both they can access all of the inf- all of the knowledge of the world, yeah. and they can also then dispatch what they've discovered to the world. But like they can imagine if you just got a job, like your whole job was just like drawing and designing like sweet fucking swords. 
<laughs> you know, because like that was a kid in class. You just draw sweet fucking swords all day. And then you I just, just made yeah, partner. I, yeah, I made the partner the company that makes those S's. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah. Just <laughs> <draw those. laughs> you just you just with all the shading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just stay on it. And it pays off. I love it. There's a couple of space stories that have just happened, but Russia has yet again fucked up a bit of space. Oh, Russia. They've. I'm going to put two different consecutive BBC stories in the chat here, because one of them is describing that they've blown up a satellite in space again to see what will happen. Mm. And, and everyone is mad because the debris from that explosion can threaten the ISS and other satellites in low Earth orbit. Oh, they had to take cover, but, didn't uh, they? Why is... I'm confused. Why is Russia just blowing up satellites in space like they don't know what will happen? Uh, like it's 2021 well, it, <laughs> it's, it's literally it's literally they're doing it to to like troll che- everyone to prove to check slash prove that they can blow shit up in space is literally what they're doing they're, they're, they're hitting stuff with missiles in space to test prove their missiles, missiles. Yeah. yeah to, to test their space missiles effect well basically. it's an it's an anti-satellite so missile system so they're yeah. they're making sure they can blow up satellites by blowing up a satellite which so it's, it's a weapons have- test Got it. Okay, I have a question. Is SpaceX, like, basically, like, space police? Is that what that program is? <laughs> SpaceX is no. just a private space No, space, space SpaceX is Grimes. And... <laughs> Got it. Thank you, everybody. I hear that. Um, what is... And Space Y is Elon. What's that, Daniel? Is there a space police that can tell Russia not to do that? I mean, technically, yes, there is now. Next week's episode, we'll talk about this. Um, our friend uh, Deepak is working on this, basically like Armageddon. Deepak Chopra is different. Deepak, uh, and okay. he's working on a. Yeah, there's two guys with that name. There's more than one. I know. Um, surprise, surprise. There's a whole, whole country, continent with people with that name. I'm sure. So they're launching. But they're all connected yeah. by their country. <laughs> they're crystals. Crazy. Uh, um, but yeah. But the, oh, actually, that's that, out of that the episode might space. have. What's that? You, you said that episode's gone out next week, but I think that episode will have already gone out by the time. No, I'm going to put that week. out. I'm going to put that out next Monday, so it's the day before the launch. Okay. Cool. If that works for you guys, um, but that's under the banner of Space Force, which I'd forgotten um, did okay. actually, in spite of the jokes, space that Force. that is actually a thing. Um, so they're now the ones some, with those. Uniforms that they yeah dated. yeah like the Star Trek uniforms like flight they, attendant yeah uniforms for okay Space Force but I don't know what the what the exact like purview of that organization mm-hmm. is I don't some things that are I, maybe because this thing this launching next week will, could eventually be used in a sort of defensive way against asteroids that could end us maybe that's why it's under Space Force I don't but, know which things are considered that and which are just NASA or. But this also, well, also there's that sort of blurred line anyway between the military and NASA. Right, the, right. Um, but yeah, in answer to your question, I don't, is there a, a space police? Well, kind of, this comes under the purview of sort of international military relations and diplomacy, because this is, this is like the same as when they run, when, when countries have nuclear tests in oceans and stuff like that, and then other people are mad about that. Uh, and testing weapons. No so bueno, I don't know. No good. Uh, I will say, good. There is some good news from this because mm? uh, Moscow has now actually said that they don't. It what they did doesn't pose any threat to space activities. So that's so we're fine. 
the, <laughs> the Russian, really the Russian. Don't believe that at all. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu would have said that if it wasn't one hundred percent true. I don't think Russia is allowed to lie, and so everything's <laughs> good and and it's fine. Yeah, um, everything's fine. Matt just immediate <laughs> immediately becomes poisoned somehow. Yeah. <laughs> just on the just, podcast, he takes a bite of a Snickers and dies. Um, yeah, I'm just suddenly like talking to a guy who's suddenly in my apartment. Like, why have you even got an umbrella? It's like we're indoors. <laughs> this is just what's happening. He's in a trench coat all the way up to his head. <laughs> so, guys, uh, back in 2007, this is not the first. The, this these anti satellite missile systems. They're called ASAT systems. Um, Back in 2007, China tested its own missile system against one of its own weather satellites in orbit, and that explosion created more than 3,000 pieces of debris the size of a golf ball or larger, and more than 100,000 much smaller pieces. And, I mean, you think being an astronaut is cool. The worst job in space, I think, is to be the guy that counts those. That's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, Okay, when these things explode, do they become like, you know how there's like that floating island of trash in the ocean? It's, it's, is yes. that what that Summarily, Well, somewhat, that, yes. That is basically yes. That is a uh, that is not too far off what happens. It's sort of honestly, I'm a great scientist. Yeah, and thanks for letting me. <laughs> yeah, talk you're crushing that, it, Daniel. You, you nailed it. You deserve to listen to fantasy on full volume, and um, so of the orbiting fragments considered a threat to the ISS, about a third are from this Chinese test. And at the speeds these objects travel in orbit, even small pieces can threaten a spacecraft with destruction. Uh, The ASAT tests fit into the wider issue of space debris, which is a huge issue, um, because now there's a wild jungle of debris overhead. Everything from old rocket stages that continue to loop around the Earth decades after uh, to the flecks of paint that have lifted off once shiny space vehicles and floated off into the distance. Um, So this is the legacy of 64 years of space activity. It's estimated there is close to 10,000 tons of hardware in orbit. Much of it's still active and useful, but far too much of it defunct and aimless. Almost 30,000 pieces of debris are being tracked on a daily basis. And these are just the big, easy-to-see items. Below the scale of one centimeter, and objects move around more or less untracked. There may be 300 million of these. Oh my God. And all this stuff's traveling at several kilometers per second. So, so still... Sep- yeah, this is... This is the this is the biggest issue with stuff in space, Danielle. Is that stuff in orbit is moving at a ludicrously high speed? Yeah, it's extremely so fast. A tiny piece. Imagine of metal, trying like to one merge bolt. into that lane, right? Trying to merge into that orbit. Yeah, <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> trying to put your turn signal on, and no one's. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, this the threat of all this debris was starkly demonstrated in two thousand nine when an active communication satellite operated by the U.S. company Iridium and a defunct Soviet-era military communication satellite were obliterated when they collided in orbit. I actually remember that. That's weird. Um, I remember when that happened. That was a big thing. Um, now consider the threat to a space vehicle with humans aboard. On Monday, Russia carried out an ASAT test from Plasetsk Cosmodrome, about uh, 500 miles north of Moscow, the missile destroyed an old Soviet spy satellite called Cosmos 1408 that was once part of Russia's Selina radio signal surveillance program. U.S. Uh, State Department, uh, old Ned Price over there, said the destruction of Cosmos 1408 had generated about 1,500 pieces of larger orbiting objects for which tracking info is available to civilian sources, but it also created hundreds of thousands of smaller fragments. 
Some of these can be tracked because the U.S. military doesn't want to give away info about the sensitivities of its hardware, but others are too small to detect from the ground. The debris field from this thing is found at an altitude of between 440 kilometers and 520 kilometers above Earth. So that threatens the ISS, the International Space Station, um, China's Tiangong Space Station, and other spacecraft. So when the I did, hang on, wait, I didn't. It's higher than I thought. I also didn't know. I should have known this. I did. Does China have people in space on somewhere other than the ISS right now? Yes. Yeah. Well, let's go to how many people are in space right now dot com or whatever that. There's a site for this. Hold on a second. But yeah, it's how many people are in space right now dot com, and the answer is oh. there are ten. There are ten. Um, we've got a Russian, American, Russian, Italian, American, American. Japanese, Chinese, Chinese, Chinese. There's three Chinese do you dudes think in space. Do you think they're all on a party line right now? Yeah, they're doing this. They're doing a similar yeah. thing. <laughs> they just hang and they're like, what's up? <laughs> they, they do have like a... They, they look have out way better their space tam- window. <laughs> like they're, they're like communication. Is, yeah, it's, I sorry, think that's it. They'll sorry, pass each Matt. other. It's fine. Like... Yeah, every time they every time they pass in orbit, they'll have a like like a little high five out the window. It's like when a big boat goes past a little boat, and you know everyone who's on the deck gets to wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's three people on board, um, and it's it's only been in orbit a little over six months. Um, how did I how did I miss this story? Did we do this on the show and I missed it? It doesn't ring a bell. I'm not sure. So with. But- yeah, so they're they're both up there, and when the ISS passed close to the debris cloud on Monday, crew members were told to shelter in the Soyuz and Crew Dragon spacecraft attached to the orbiting outpost. Um, that's so the crew could detach and come back to Earth if the space station was damaged by fragments of the satellite. That is fucking terrifying. Um, yeah. While vehicles such as the space shuttle were hit by smaller pieces of debris, it's likely that a collision with any large objects at orbital speeds would be catastrophic to the ISS. The action by Russia has been condemned by other countries, including the U.S. and the U.K., but encouraged by New Zealand, weirdly enough. Um, kidding. Uh, the, Russian, <laughs> the, the, the Russian military said it was carrying out planned activities to strengthen its defense capabilities, but denied the test was dangerous. The U.S. knows for certain that the resulting fragments in terms of test uh, time and orbital parameters did not and will not pose a threat to orbital stations, spacecraft, and space activities, it said. Hmm. Um Many countries have their own ASAT systems now. The U.S., uh, Russia, they've mm. been developing weapons of this kind since the 50s. In 1985, the U.S. used a missile launched from an F-15 fighter jet to destroy the Soviet uh, or destroy the Solwyn scientific satellite. After the Chinese ASAT incident of 2007, the U.S. military again shot down one of its own satellites at a lower altitude than the Chinese or Russian operations using a ship-launched missile. The lower height above the Earth was intended to ensure that it would just burn up on reentry. And then in 2019, India tested its own weapon during an operation codenamed Mission Shakti, and that struck a test satellite in lower orbit than the uh, than the Moscow or Beijing ASAT systems, but it generated more than 200 pieces of trackable debris. So, so I didn't realize that all countries are basically blowing shit up in space all the time. Yeah. We're kind of constantly shooting way. stuff in space, and it seems like mm. a horrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's... It also seems like you could, uh, wouldn't we have the technology that you could sort of like do a parabolic arc and try to hit it on the way back down to sort of nudge it into a uh, descending orbit so it'll just burn up? Is that, 
uh, uh, space people listen to our podcast. Well, this will, this will be a great run with it. Yeah, this will be a great question for our guest next week. Yesterday, <laughs> we already. <interviewed. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh man, we're all out of order. Um, but yeah, Danielle, you nailed it. I mean, it's like they're they're sort of in these big fields of of you know, like if you imagine the scatter of an explosion and then Ugh. that whole radius zooming around the earth but still sort of staying together so it is kind of like the trash mm. island so, no bueno yeah no good but why would it even stay together you'd think they would all continue on their trajectories apart from each other in addition to their general orbiting behavior yeah you know? i mean I'm, is it because yeah, I'm there's sure so spread. much of it that they kind of i don't know their poles kind of go start working together i don't know, I don't know. yeah i don't know and all, all this is based on just me seeing gravity. That's all it is. Yeah, this this was a plot point in gravity, right? Wasn't that kind of what set things in motion was the space debris? Yeah, yeah. There was a missile test. And I mean, this is just is the plot point of gravity. And That's um, actually how the debris ended up there as a missile test? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but they were in a shuttle. Gravity. They, hold on. They were in. They were doing a mission on the shuttle. So not ISS, but then the shuttle was destroyed. It was very weird. Uh, I remember, um, you know, you can follow astronauts on Twitter. And we had Chris Hatfield on the podcast years ago. Yeah, yeah. But I remember um, there was this one on his Twitter when he was up at ISS. There was this like screenshot he did. It was like movie night at ISS. And he was watching Gravity. <laughs> and I was like, well, man, that's Jesus. You think like, uh, like, I would never watch Gravity on the space station. Or they'd make you watch an edited version, like when they show movies that have airplane crashes on airplanes, they edit out the crash yeah. sequences. Which, <laughs> which but they don't do anymore, by the way. They, they used, used to. to Wait, used I was to like, be, do like, they really do that? Edited. No, and they don't edit shit anymore. Like, it used to, now everyone's got their own screens. I remember, like, watching yeah. a full episode of Game of Thrones, like, just full, like, Boobies graphic, full frontal Tits. nudity, yeah. yeah. Tits and ass, like awesome. tits and dicks, and uh, yeah, it was just like I, I guess it. it just what it just it just flashes up on the screen that. beforehand. Like, make sure there's no kids immediately behind you. you know, okay, uh, there isn't. So now I guess I can just watch someone being fellated on this right. <laughs> United flight. Yeah, cool. yeah, on the screen as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we go. Uh, yeah. So this is a uh, so wait. So Russia's lying when they say it's in an area that wouldn't be dangerous. Right, or not. all areas are dangerous. <laughs> right, it sounds it sounds like uh, this this is indeed was indeed threatening. Um. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think it was the safest. I, I think it was pretty. I, I like yeah, that you're pretty exposed are back. Mm. You know, not only in trends and fashion, but in Cold War air vibes and energy. Yeah, it would be nice. It'd be nice to have old rivalries back. back. Um, you, you know, if I feel like if you were in outer space and there was a bunch of debris going around, you know, um, and and you're worried about getting hit, you'd probably want like your own sort of like iron suit of armor, you know. But uh, and if it grew naturally on you, that'd be great. But but that doesn't exist. Nothing like that exists. So that's oh, too bad. Oh, Jesse, what? What's that, Je- Matt? Jesse? Huh? Uh, yeah. Well. Bizarrely, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily exist in space, but it might exist below the surface of the oceans. What are you, what are you, the, what are you talking about? You guys about? are adorable. Yeah. You guys are so cute right now. Oh, thank you. Yes, we, we, uh, we work on our cuteness. We... In fact, specifically in white hot hydrothermal vents of the Indian Ocean. All hydrothermal tough... vents are white hot, Matt. Come on. Those are the hottest. They, uh... Have you seen one? Jesus. 
I mean, that's what the PR people say. That's what the marketers say. But I don't know. Yeah, I think it, I think there's there's heatness. Uh, I I there's levels. Yeah, there, there's bit there's been a bit of heatness heat inflation going on where, you know, what even counts as white hot anymore? I know. Is it? I I don't know. I don't. Know. I just I just think. But this is this is white hot in the Indian Ocean. The world's toughest, nature's toughest gastropod has now had its genome sequenced. And this this story, by the way, sent in by listener. I, I should get. I just closed it down again. Hunter Reese sent this in, so thank you, Hunter. This story on all that's interesting dot com. This scaly foot snail grows its own suit of armor and thrives in the white hot hydrothermal vents of the Indian Ocean. Its scientific name is Chrysomalon squamiferum, but you can call it the volcano snail. Sometimes it's also known as the scaly foot gastropod, the scaly foot snail, or the sea pangolin. <laughs> how many people? I love that it's a sea pangolin. It's so cute. How many people are talking about it for it to have that many nicknames? It's like I fu- think it probably put some of those nicknames out into the world itself. Yeah, because it's like, dude, like five people have talked about this shit before. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> it's sometimes known as one's lips is gonna be sea pangolin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the one that's stuck. It's it's also known as Captain Sex. Yeah. Uh, Dude <laughs> Space Cowboy, Gangster of Love, Maurice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but whatever you want to call it, it lives in the deepest parts of some of the world's hottest underwater volcanic vents with a shell of iron sulfide to keep alive in extreme heat conditions. And recently, for the first time in history, its genome has been sequenced by scientists solving what was one of the world's, uh, scientific world's biggest mysteries. Let's take a look at what we found, says this article about this tiny ecological wonder who isn't afraid of the literal depths and fires of hell. Yeah. I like that little throw to the article. Yeah. I don't think enough articles really like throw to the rest of the article. Let's take a little uh yeah. let's take a little look at what we found here. Yeah, let's, it's it's like the article was interrupted reading and had to oh, didn't see you there. Like I had to like look, yeah. look at the camera by its mantle to start a Christmas special. Tell you a lot of crazy science in our town growing up. <laughs> <laughs> take a seat by the fire. Why, first there was the volcano snail, a.k.a. sea pangolin, and why he had some stories. Well, this was first uh, first discovered fairly recently. It was 2001 when this volcano yeah, so snail was uh, discovered. First discovered 2001, the volcano snail was originally dubbed the scaly foot gastropod, a name that most in the scientific community call it to this day. At the time of its original discovery, Science magazine claimed that it was merely part of the biome of the Indian Ocean. The scientific journals also rude. claim that they... Con- yeah. You're just part well, of the biome, rude. dude. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to diminish her shine. And... Yeah. Just blend really You're, you're basically decor. You're, you're, you're wallpaper in a snail form. The, the scientific journal also claimed that they congregated around the so-called hydrothermal vents of the Indian Ocean. However, the scientific community didn't give it an official scientific name. In other words, a genus and a species until 2015. Had to wait a full 14 years to get its proper scientific name. The snail is often found at hydrothermal vents in the Indian Ocean. The first prominent home to the snail is called the Karai Hydrothermal Vent Field, while the second is known as the Saltaire Field, both located along the central Indian Ridge. And it was then found in other places, the Longqui Vent in the southwest Indian Ridge. But no matter where you find them, they're exclusively concentrated in the Indian Ocean, about one point one and a half miles under the surface of the water. Have, have you guys seen any... I have any... a question. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. 
Okay, it keeps saying they're found in thermal vents, and literally all I can picture is, like, the vent to my air conditioning. And I'm like, no way the ocean has air conditioning vents. <laughs> no, it's more like those things in the it's back of like walls at older L.A. apartments. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah, 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 yeah. Think, yeah, think think more, exactly, think more jacuzzi. Yeah, it's like a jacuzzi. It's like a jacuzzi vent? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but, but a jacuzzi that would boil you instantly. The thing that blows Just my mind that would vaporize is, you. have you guys seen Honestly, like the footage? <laughs> have you guys seen the footage of those vents? Like, um, I don't know. I want to look up. There's really, I have no idea how they film it, but there's really, really good. <laughs> the new Attenborough series has a whole thing on these vents and the, the biome surrounding the vent. And um, yeah, it's fucking insane. Again, I have no idea how they film it. I don't know. And these aren't the ones that are like actively spewing lava or magnet. Yeah, this is act- these are active, you know, like thousand degree vents or whatever. Right, but I didn't know if you're actually seeing. Are you seeing um, a hot flowing molten rock? Yeah, yeah, you can see. Okay. It. Yeah, you can see oh, that. That's dope as fuck. But oh my god, and this little badass, this little snail is just chilling in them. Yeah, and they, they these vents love her. These vents can reach up to 750 degrees Fahrenheit. So look at her yeah. just thriving under adversity. Absolutely. She persists. She does know? she does persist. So two 750 degrees Fahrenheit's about you know what about pretty th- hot? Well, it's about three times boiling. <laughs> I like how you're trying to like explain what 750 degrees Fahrenheit would feel for like a human being. Well, no, it's, it's like, like three it times like boiling. Dead. It's about three It'd times boiling, give or take. Yeah, yeah you'd be uh, super for, dead. Our, for our metric friends. It's just under 400 Celsius. It's almost exactly 400 degrees C. Yeah, That's- but they they've these uh, these sea pangolins have handled the necessary protection. Uh, to survive in, under such conditions, um, the volcano they they draw iron sulfide from its from its own environment. The volcano snail, sorry, draws iron sulfide from its own environment to develop a suit of armor to protect its soft insides. Further, uh, the curious creature gets its sustenance from bacteria it processes in a large gland rather than eating it in the traditional sense. Recently, though, scientists dug deep, attempting to understand what makes this rare creature tick. <laughs> and in April 2020, they got their answer. Um, at the height of the COVID pandemic, researchers at the Hong Kong University of Science and Technology decoded the genome of the volcano snail for the first time in history. They found there were 25 transcription factors that helped the gastropod make its distinctive shell out of iron. We found one gene named MTP, metal tolerance protein 9, showed a 27-fold increase in the population with iron sulfide mineralization compared to the one without, said Dr. Sun Jin, one of the researchers. When the, uh, when the iron ions in the snail's environment react with the sulfur in their scales, iron sulfides, that's what give the gastropods their distinctive colorings, are created. Ultimately, the genome sequence of the snail gave the scientists unique insights on how the material of their iron shells may be used in future applications, including ideas on how to build better protective armor for soldiers out in the field. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Always where it ends up, right? Yeah, but I feel like I feel like we could just pour salt on them and we'd win the war. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, like, wouldn't they be really slow? Like, if there's one thing I know about snails, any like yeah. these soldiers now have the power of a snail. Yeah, yeah, snail like some sort of snail man. Such, yeah. And you could follow their trail. It's just there's just so many things wrong with this plan. Right, right. It's it's like anytime it rains, they're everywhere. Um, 
So as cool as these creatures are, they face extinction due to deep sea mineral mining uh, that potentially- By, by the way, sorry to interrupt that for a second, Jesse, but did you, there was another story this week about, was it scorpions suddenly appeared because of a rainstorm and loads of people got stung? Loads what? of people- uh, Yeah. I'm going to dig like, this story out while you're talking. Yeah, I'm like, was there a plague? <laughs> no, I think like two, Basically. Pe- two people died and like 400 people got stung. By scorpions. You could die, Wait, from, you can die from a scorpion? Thank you, Danielle. Yeah. I, I think don't, I, didn't no, know I was that. like, I didn't know about that. Uh I I mean I'm just going on a very weird scrolling over it memory, but Matt'll find it. Um Yep, got it. Three dead hundreds injured in Egypt there after you go. a storm a storm drew a whole load hundreds, thousands of scorpions oh my into gosh. the Yeah. From their hiding places. At least 503 people were hospitalized after suffering scorpion stings. All of them discharged after giving having given is, uh, anti-venom doses. All of this is such a strong argument for staying inside. Yeah, outside you know, like, sucks. Outside's like, outside, not Outside's it. a bummer. There's a lot happening, and it's not safe. Yeah. We got, we got to stay inside, guys. We got these, yeah, avoid the volcano snails. No, the volcano snails <laughs> no, are they're good. Great. They're great. I, I mean, look at that they're picture. Our, our listeners should look at this picture and then imagine this guy saying, it's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're, they're on the decline. They uh, And um, the volcano snail, it's on the list of endangered species uh, because of deep sea mining mm-hmm. for polymetallic sulfide minerals. Um, those form in abundance near the hydrothermal vents. They're prized for their large concentration of precious metals, including copper, silver, and gold. So they're uh, continually under threat. Um, so it just sort of ends on a ends on a bummer there. What's interesting, though, uh, this reminds me of some research I was doing for a show. And I was looking into extremophiles. If I already talked about this, stop me. We've I, too many I haven't heard it, no. Uh, Matt, did I talk about this? Uh, I think I was involved in some of that same research, so maybe. But just the fact that the reason we're able to do the testing we can do for COVID is because of things like this. And and basically the, yeah. the reason that all modern biology and DNA testing and everything DNA related can be done is because of organisms that um, a dude found in the 70s in a, in a hot spring in a formation in Yellowstone. Because um, back then that was like the, the advent of there was just there were these ranges of of heat and salinity that people thought organisms could live in and beyond that like well nothing can live at like boiling right. temperatures um but there were these bacteria that could live around these hot features in water so someone collected a sample of that put it in a locker and then like a decade later someone took it out and was like maybe this we could derive some enzyme from this that we could use to avoid um it used to take forever to do any dna replication because one of the steps in the process involved um heating uh, the sample, and then it would kill off one of the enzymes. So you'd have to start over. It was just a really long process. But once they found this stuff that survived at high temperatures, they were able to do all the steps involved in replicating deep DNA super quickly without having to start over because one of the things would die. So I can replicate so, some DNA in like a 30 seconds flat over there, Andy. You know what I'm saying? Like when you, when you, hear about, when hey. you hear about... I'm just like, not everyone needs to have their 23andMe checked. Do you know what I mean? No, I literally everything. Less people is, know that. Everything and in biology. snails. Everything in biology can be marked as as like pre-PCR and post-PCR. Like the PCR so, test. Yeah, this is the like the COVID test. It's like BC. I mean, yeah, BPCR. Like um, yeah. 
Yeah, so like the COVID test that we all do, it's exactly, it's because of that. It's when they talk about the number of cycles, that's what's going on. And it used to be each time they cycle it to rep, to make the samples replicate to increase increase the amount that's there until it's a detectable level. Every cycle you would previously have to, like Andy said, you have to like move it from one thing to another thing because it goes from one temperature to another and then you transfer it to another thing and then to another thing. But now you can just leave it in the same machine and it goes through all the cycles where it goes from really hot to cold and hot to cold again. Uh, and it you don't have to move it out of the machine. It just stays in one thing. So you can just sit, put it in a machine, hit go, like and then wait. samples after yeah and then after a, however long it takes it's gone through this many cycles it's reproduced this many times so now it's exponentially this many more of the thing and it's to a detectable level and then you can see if you have enough co- if, if you have these covid cells or whatever and and that's or do yeah. dna forensics or anything involving dna yeah 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 anyway yeah so interesting stuff can be found in weird hot underwater features Things that shouldn't live, but do. Like this guy, this sea pangolin. I know, right? Unreal. That sea pangolin is the daughter of the witches they couldn't burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, that, I, we should point out that was Danielle's just reading from the article there. That's just yeah. what the, science, the lead scientist said. I feel like uh, that's where that expression came from. I feel like things <laughs> like uh, Twitter and all that, it's just like ruined hot topic. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, uh, you know, like, uh, you'd be like, oh, sh- that's a clever shirt at Hot Topic. But, like, you like I've seen that before. But now it's just, it's a meme. Everything, you can't, like, you can't make a shirt out of that. You can't shirtify everything, yeah. Yeah. But it used to just be, like, if Jesse's it- telling me to try to do better. Jesse's like, come on, Danielle. Stop reading off Twitter. No, no, I just mean, the, you know, it's it's, like, all that, like. Any f- fucking weird, we're the daughters of the witches you couldn't burn, or like, uh, not all who wander are lost. Like, any any van bumper sticker, <laughs> like, <laughs> it used to be, it was like you could also get a shirt. And now, uh, you know, what's on the back of the uh, on the back of that snail? What's that? There's a little bumper sticker that says coexist. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but all of the letters are made of different <laughs> symbols, like religious symbols. That's what. I've been flicked off that's by what a guy. That's my mind about it. I've been flicked <laughs> off by a guy with one of those bumper stickers. That's oh, great. I love that's that. Cool that's Wait, hang on. In what, in what sense? It was you a mean Prius? Like- was it a Prius? <laughs> no, no. No, but it's... Well, to be fair, were you coexisting at the time or not? I wasn't coexisting. <laughs> okay, well, that's... that's I wasn't the doing problem. it. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I know. Mm-hmm. I was going against this whole thing. Ugh. Well, Let's start um, a company that just makes bumper stickers out of tweets. You just there's one more little button is like the like, the retweet, and then bump, bumper stickerify. Just yeah, prints it out right then. Yeah, they fax it to you. <laughs> Have you guys had any like um, plastic surgeons or like as a dermatologist on ever? No, why? Is, why you ask? Had, like, we've had very few uh, medical people at all on the show. But why? Why'd you ask? Oh, just like I've um, I've been spending too much time on TikTok. And um, I've gotten really into like plastic surgery TikTok. Oh, uh, do, do you know what a BBL is? No, no do tell. Is tell us everything. Okay, a BBL is a Brazilian butt lift. Okay, it is uh, you know plastic surgery. It's a non <laughs> non medical procedure. Um, non medical, but well, or it's non, not like, a, like it's elective. Non, or, right, right. It's elective. Yeah, it's an yeah. elective. It's expensive though. Procedure. I have to pay a guy it, to walk behind so. me and lift my butt. <laughs> um, and he's not even Brazilian. No. <laughs> 
when you get the Brazilian butt lift, you have to basically enter like a care facility. You have, um, where you sit in chairs that have a hole cut out where your butt is. And in order to go to the bathroom, you have like a little like thigh pillow that you balance on <laughs> to do your so, business. This isn't an implant. But like, it's, it's a lift, no, no. So wh- how Brazilian butt lift works is they liposuction from like your abdomen and maybe like your upper arms, like anywhere where you like want to be thinner. And then they inject that fat into your ass and your thighs. And it has the highest mortality rate of oh God. Any, any plastic surgeon or mm. any plastic surgery. Um, I thought you were going to say of any surgery, like any surgery no. full stop. It's like, <laughs> it's like they lose like. About ninety to ninety-five percent of people, but for the five that survive, it really like they look way it's better. But the reason why it's so dangerous is because like there's a femoral artery that like runs down your thigh, and so when you're just like injecting fat all willy nilly, right. you know sometimes it gets fucked up. Yeah. And also, in order to practice plastic surgery, you just have to like like you don't plastic surgery doesn't have to be your specialty in order to be a plastic surgeon that performs a BBL. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Sketchy. pretty crazy. <clears throat> and it's really wild because people on TikTok will like, they'll do a dance and they'll do like a before and then after. And then you start seeing people tell their horror stories and it's, it's wild. But like, I just, I've really gotten into like, like seeing people like Botox and yeah. fillers and injections and stuff like that. There's this thing called Kybella that like, they inject it. It's for like your um, double chin. They inject it and then it kills apparently the fat cells, but it makes you balloon. So you mm. get a waddle. Mm. And then, a, and I know so it's it bigger and Wait, then it gets yeah. smaller. Isn't that crazy? I, I worked with a, my, my last job, I worked with a woman whose <gasps> parents. Um, were plastic surgeons like both of them? What? They have like a practice together or something. They're were both, they good plastic surgeons? Yeah, I, they're like a, they're you know big hotshot plastic surgeons, and and mm. um, so whenever they got a new procedure, like mm-hmm. because you just it's it's not like a regular hospital where you have procedures you do. They it's like if you if you're a plastic surgery place, you can like buy a procedure. That you that you could now mm-hmm. do, you know, like they send you yeah. the, sh- the shit to perform the BBL or whatever. So, yeah. whenever- and like because it's constantly you're constantly coming up with like new techniques and stuff. Like there's like this one woman who she invented like the the kiss pout where like she injects you with lip fillers, but then uses like a string to like force like lip cleavage to happen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So this this person I worked with, she was sort of their guinea pig when they would <gasps> get a new thing. So she was constantly showing up to work with like new lips, oh. or then like her, oh you know, God. and and because it was it was COVID, right? So we're all in masks. So like they took it as like they're like, yeah, we can just do we can just fuck around with nose jobs. Like they would just beat her nose up and like she would, oh my God. she would have a different nose like every two weeks. Did she ever have like the ear on her ma- on her back mouse style? No, no, it's nothing like that. Um, She's like malignant. <laughs> she yeah. just has like a fucking weird twin on the back of her head. Yeah, and and, and I also on. Yeah. 
I also hate to say it because it makes me sound super, super shallow. She looked way better mm. at the end, like way better. It was like, that's awesome. You know, they, really, they nailed it. COVID was, was a gift for some it. people. <laughs> so her parents kind of had like the, you know, everyone, a lot of people got into craft projects during lockdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people were baking and some people were like, you know, learning to weave or whatever. Mm. And she, they, they were just reconstructing their kid. That's what you do. You reconstruct your kid. No, I mean, when I say looked way better, she didn't look that much different because I think good plastic surgeons, um, the the really good ones, it's not. You can't tell. Yeah, it's not much of a change. Yeah. And then everyone else winds up coming out looking like they have plastic surgery face. And you're just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Janice from the Muppets. Oh, my God. Says I want Dana that yeah, it's like how you see the same nose job all the time. You just see the you just see that's right. the nose job, you know. And, and God, every lip filler always looks bad. It just always. Yeah, I think if you're subtle with it, I don't know. If you're, yeah, that's the thing. It's like what's happening now, especially like with TikTok and like with filters on Instagram, is that younger people are getting plastic surgery. Yes, and because also. Because it's all temporary, like Botox, fillers, it is temporary. I mean, I don't think it's, I, I still think there's like a permanence to it that it's like, I, once you start, I don't know how you don't keep doing it, you know, for maintenance because your skin gets stretched out. But like people treat it like more like, oh, I'm just going to get highlights. Do you know what I mean? And so the look isn't to kind of beam like prettier it's to look like you had the surgery yeah, do you know what i mean like that's the trend is to look like i'm not fillers. trying to just look better you're trying to look like <laughs> this look that everybody now covers yeah. also when you were saying they all look bad like do they all look bad or, or do you only do notice all the ones, the ones that you notice that right. exactly is this yeah. is is it selection bias there it probably right. is. I was actually briefly looking into, uh, I've never Googled any plastic surgery for myself, but I have this, I got shingles on my face last year and it sort of left these craters and I was like, can I just do like a peel or something? What, what, what does that entail? And I was Googling those and dermabrasion and stuff and I was like, oh, that's a harsh recovery. Your face just like You should do microneedling. Is red. What's that? You should do microneedling. Microneedling actually helps. Yeah, microneedling. I did it over quarantine i'm gonna do it again it's my fave microneedling is basically like a motorized needle that they run over your entire face it punctures your skin and makes you bleed and it regenerates like the collagen development or it it signal boosts to your skin and your body to generate more collagen Okay, maybe so, I could just do one region of that. Yeah, because whole I've, face. Uh, I've I've looked. Uh, you want to do the for... whole thing? Microneedling is great, though. They numb your face. It still hurts. It does sound like they are running your skin through a sewing machine. <laughs> for real, I highly 100%. recommend it. Won't lie to you, but I highly recommend it because here's the thing: nothing topical is going to fix no. a texture problem on no, your skin. No, no, no. You yeah. have to. And it is, it's one of the, it's like a med spa treatment, you know? So you don't have to go to mm-hmm. a, a plastic surgeon, but you can go to a dermatologist. I have one in Pasadena. <laughs> I recommend you too. I love her. But like literally, microneedling has changed the game in terms of um, like the hyperpigmentation on my face and the texture. Because my skin is very oily, so I have a lot of texture. Yeah, I've, I've looked at stuff for like the pitting 
you know, mm-hmm. like acne pitting type stuff. You got- and you can get filler under your eyes if that's a concern. I have a friend who got filler under her eyes and like, I couldn't even tell. It's just like, God, you look like you're doing well, you know? Mm. And it's like, she didn't go crazy with it, but she um, looked better, you know? The story, Andy just posted a story in the chat, which yeah. listener Matt McCain also sent in a week or two ago. Yeah, there was a longer version of this in Wall Street Journal behind a paywall that's also like too long to cover. And I'm sure you guys Sorry, have been a train, aware of- Sorry, a train's going by, guys. Train Sorry. alert. Uh, yeah, speaking of social media trends, Danielle, have you heard about TikTok causing ticks in teen girls? I know it's a lot of tease there. Okay, no, I heard that, but I thought it was like one of those like joke headlines that like, oh, the story isn't really about that. And it's like someone who just like wanted to create a clickbait article. No, this but is real. Are um, people really getting ticks? Yeah. Like, what so kind of ticks? Ticks are, well, let's go to the article here. Ticks are more common in young boys than in teenage girls. So, medical professionals around the world were surprised and stumped when the pandemic began and teen girls started coming to them in droves to report the sudden onset of uncontrollable physical and verbal ticks. The ticks mimic those in Tourette's syndrome, a neurological disorder that causes uncontainable, is that the right word? Uh, <laughs> movements and vocal sounds. But Tourette's, which is relatively uncommon, is four times more likely in boys than in girls and typically presents between ages five and seven. So why the sudden rise in teen girls experiencing Tourette's-like symptoms? Pediatric neurologist Mohamed Aldasari talks about this disconcerting data, including the role the social media platform TikTok plays and what parents can do. Um, so throughout the pandemic, yeah, doctors began seeing more and more teenage girls with these symptoms. They'd shout the same phrases over and over, seemingly at random, and display jerking or flapping movements. As doctors across geographic regions began to communicate with one another, they realized they were all seeing the same thing around the world. Initially, everyone thought they were seeing an isolated phenomenon, Dr. Aldasari says, but it turns out that we're all seeing it, a different age of onset and disturbingly unexplosive onset. In just a few hours, maybe a day or two, girls who have no history of ticks suddenly start to experience a lot of movement and vocalization. Many teens report having been removed from classes at school for being disruptive due to their inability to control the ticks. One study found that these sudden onset ticks were overall severe and frequent, occurring about 29 times per minute. Uh, Before the pandemic, the sudden onset of unexplained ticks accounted for only about 1% of total tick disorder, and an August 2021 study shows they now account for up to 35% of cases. Uh, Globally, doctors were seeing that teens with sudden onset ticks shouted the exact same phrases and experienced the same uncontrollable movements. Mm. Repetition of seemingly random words or phrases, including beans, woohoo, and flying shark. (laughs) Sorry, it's just too ridiculous. Uh, Repetition of swear words and other obscene phrases. Hand and arm movements, including clapping and pointing, hitting or banging body parts, other people or objects. Uh, The similarities in ticks, especially given patients' geographic distance, gave doctors their first clue that social media was at the root of the phenomenon. That's because true Tourette Tourette syndrome ticks are unique to each person, so not so overwhelmingly alike. Uh, When we noticed that we were all seeing similar presentations, that was the first alarm that this is not Tourette's, they said. Uh, It turns out these ticks are specific to a few content creators on TikTok, individuals with Tourette's syndrome whose videos have been viewed hundreds of thousands, if not millions of times. Jesus. Yeah, I guess this is one British girl who says beans, so now all the girls are saying beans. It's just, uh, I mean, I have sympathy, but also what a crazy time we're living in. Yeah, crazy, man. Crazy tools. Un- no, even unreal. Our kids. Oh, wow. Trauma. Then, <laughs> we are experiencing a collective trauma. <laughs> no, it's yeah. just, it's, it's just unreal. Like the, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about, you know, pediatric psychology to, to know if it's like a real thing or, you know. 
I mean, well, it's real in the sense that it's happening. And this doctor says these tics are a complex way for the brain to release overwhelming stress. So essentially their brains express an emotional stressor as a physical disorder. And teens who are prone to depression and anxiety are most likely to develop this condition. And teenage girls are more likely to have depression and anxiety right. than teenage boys, which may explain the rise in tics in teen girls in particular. Man, it's yeah, just it's just so weird that the specific words, the specific tic could be yeah, planted, but watching, per- yeah. perhaps that's always been the case with ticks, though. I, I mean, I don't, I know well, no, n- they're nothing saying not, about this. No, not with, in general. It's Tourette's, it's boys, it's ages five to seven. It's not like the same things across multiple patients. Yeah. They're this like, is this isn't different. Tourette's, but this is definitely an expression of like anxiety yeah. and like mental health issues. No, no, I know. And- when, when I say planted, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about having a tick i'm talking about the tick itself like saying beans it's right, interesting right. it's interesting to me that the presentation of the tick can be planted by something but perhaps i was saying perhaps that's just how ticks work like if you have the you know very rare form of tourette's where you curse you know like in the movies that's what tourette's is but it's not really tourette's you know right right but if you have that it it's like you still heard those words before you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, yeah. So you, you, yeah. Have to have it. you have to have the awareness of what the thing. Right. Yeah. That's not what would. It just reminds me of. Have you guys heard of like various uh, dancing manias that have occurred throughout history that people couldn't yeah. explain? Where there's just suddenly like this sort of collective hysteria where a, a whole village is just doing just, a dance. Just dancing. Yeah. But uncontrollably, like whirling dervishes. Gun. Like in the 14th century and stuff. Yeah. This, Whoa. Um, there's a lot of interesting. Um, cases of that throughout history that people also don't there's theories but nobody really gets how that happens either um the human brain is a crazy thing and social media is probably bad for us as it turns out yeah well these people are just dancing it out oh my god saint john's dance also I known saw as Goody Proctor making a TikTok with the devil. Yeah, <laughs> but also known as Dancing Plague. This see Wikipedia pages like this are just like a band. This They're stuff. a band name goldmine. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the coolest band names. The Dancing Choreomania. Plague. Choreomania is a pretty good dance band name. Yeah, this wow. just also uh, this reminds me of. Uh, I was just. Do you guys have a rant to yourself because it's the pandemic and you have a hot take on something and you develop it in your head and you have no one to tell it to? Every, every literally every day. I don't think that's that weird. Yeah, but you're like, I want to work this into a podcast. I won't. Yeah, do the whole now, thing, now we can win. But now, when Moss came in, then I got to do it in public as well. Right. <laughs> like, oh, right. But like, um, everybody's take on on the new branding for uh, Facebook. I just think people got it wrong. Like, social media is bad, but like VR isn't inherently a worse version of social media. It might in fact be a better version of it because it's closer to. Like anything that involves speech, for instance, is probably a more healthy communication than text because we've seen what text-based communication does to us as far as like limiting our inhibitions, making us assholes to each other where you would say things you'd never say to someone's face. But like in VR, it's like a telephone call plus. Like So I think the closer you get to like a regular human interaction, which VR would be, probably the healthier those interactions are going to be, which is counter to everyone's hot takes on the metaverse being like the death knell of mm-hmm. civilization. That's my hot oh, take. My, my, my issue with Meta was more just like the, literally the, the, the week that right. oh, all yeah, this of stuff that. comes up out about how abysmal and world-destroying they are as a company. 100%. They're like, yeah. no, we're called something different. That part's bullshit, but the focus on VR isn't, I don't think it's like the, mm-hmm. the harbinger of horrible things to come that everyone else says. Like, it, it could be a better, healthier version of 
of interacting online, in fact. But, but didn't whatever. people want to know the worst part about Facebook? Exactly. They hired me to create podcasts for them and wouldn't verify me. Oh. <laughs> what was the what Daddy was the podcast Zuckerberg you... is evil. they won't verify me so i won't plug it <laughs> no yeah um, good fuck them i did i did i did i did do the podcast but is, does anyone care about like the verification on facebook i feel like verification on instagram is care. a clout thing but like does anyone care about the it, facebook one yeah no i don't really care but it is a clout thing and it's like you really can't just verify me <laughs> Yeah, which they can instantly. We we the only yeah. reason I'm verified is there was one year at Bridgetown yeah, when there was a fa- yeah there was a Facebook. They were verifying there. everyone. Yeah. They yeah. literally they 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 set up a table in the one of the venues where there were two people with a couple of laptops and we would sit down in front of them and they would try and show us how to use Facebook better. To which I ignored all of that stuff, but they right. they gave. They gave us and the Probably Science Facebook page a blue tick, and that's it. Like that's I, that's what all I got out of that was that. But it was but it took seconds. Like that she just sent an email to the verification people from her email address in Facebook and just went, please verify these accounts. And it's like it's like that SNL fake ad for the approval center. It's just a bunch of people going, I didn't think I could get approved, but I got approved. And it's not approved for anything. They just <laughs> yeah. it's just a place a center that approves you. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it is. But uh, Daniel, where, where apart from the uh, Forbidden Podcast can our listeners find you? Yeah, how do they find you? Oh my god, you guys can find me on Twitter, um, where I'm using popular meme formats to create hot content at Diva Deluxe. <laughs> um, and if you want thirst traps, you can check out my Instagram, also Diva Deluxe. And if you just want to see me on TV doing the work uh you can watch me on this season of curb your enthusiasm i saw that good I, work that was cool season premiere thank you thank you yeah did you uh did you get into some scrapes with uh with, with larry with, with, with that unpleasant man <laughs> um, <laughs> so LD, you know we got into it that's a, it's fun it was fun it was a lot it was like actually kind of insane and surreal yeah, that's very cool. The pandemic, <laughs> and be like, I'm. This is my job. <laughs> I love how, this. Yeah. How was the, was how was the cool. filming process? It was, um, you know, it was a little like nerve wracking, just because like you are shooting in a pandemic, but like, um, the crew seemed very like tight and pared down. But I think even outside of the pandemic, that's kind of the vibe. It felt like it felt like everyone had been working on it for years and years and years and they all kind of really knew each other and there was just like a lot of trust on set and kind of like just a not stressful you know like when you show up to work and everyone knows how to do their job and there's like trust that everyone knows how to do their job that's like how it felt it was nice awesome awesome yeah yeah well check that out on hbo max yeah no yeah larry david and jeff garland are just like they're it's so funny they would just like in between takes just shitty chat chat like two little bffs cracking jokes and it's like oh this show entirely exists for you guys to just hang out all the time (laughs) not bad (laughs) i know that's like that's the dream that's pretty cool uh so check that out absolutely you can find us as always at probably science probably science.com uh Individually on Twitter at Annie T Wood at Jesse Case and at Matt Kirshen, probably science at gmail.com. I don't know if I already said that bit is the email address for any questions, comments, clarifications, stories you would like us to cover. Or plastic surgery recommendations. 
Yes. Yeah. Any any pros any procedures you think we should have done, and uh, and yeah, you know, any it just it just comments, general comments on our appearances. <laughs> Always. I want you to get I want you to get like pictures of your faces like marked up like they do in a plastic surgeon's <laughs> office. Yeah, we'll, well take some high-risk pictures and we'll post them on the website. Just I really always un- just sharpie contour lines every day on my <laughs> yeah. face. That's how I live. We're going to lift this, some arrows. We're going to cut rid of this area. Yeah. yeah. Just carve it yeah. out. Well, no, that's the way if I'm out in public and people are like, yeah, that guy looks like a fucking mess. They know that I won't always. Oh, they know on I'm, your way, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they know I'm on the right track. I just have like a lot of sort of dotted lines down my cheeks. <laughs> Do you ever put some fun ones in there? Like we're going to put some whiskers there and that's where you put the tiger stripes and... Uh... Yeah, yeah, I'll get I'll get sexy with it, you know? <laughs> get permanent kiss makeup, yeah. L- listeners, thank you very much. And Danielle, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Bye. I'll see you Bye. next time. Bye. Bye.